Welcome to the Zebra Blogs Before and After Furniture Refinishing Podcast. Hello, my name is Lane Ball, your Zebra Podcast host. Today's podcast features two primary topics, working with clients on commission and shipping your furniture pieces. We chat with Sarah with Sitting Pretty Home Decor in our Ask a Refinisher segment. We share some highlights from a previous episode where we interviewed Natalie of Array of Sunlight And in Newsworthy, we share a few reminders for you. Our plan was to bring you another game show segment, but we had some technical difficulties with the recording due to the likely challenge of internet overload experienced globally. We know everyone would appreciate some fun and laughter, so hopefully next week we can make it happen. Please stay tuned though. This episode is full of great information that will continue to help you in your refinishing businesses. If you have a question for a refinisher, simply send me an email with your question and who you would like to answer the question. My email address is lane at enjoyzebra.com. Make sure you spell zebra with an I. We'll be sure to mention your name and company in the podcast segment unless otherwise noted. Our Ask a Refinisher question today comes from Sarah with Pop Salvage. Sarah has some really great questions centered around the business side of refinishing. Sarah, by the way, jumped into the refinishing scene last year and has made amazing strides in the business in a short amount of time. She was a finalist in the 2019 Zebra Golden Brush Awards. So congratulations, Sarah, for your accomplishments. Her question we are sharing today is for Sarah with Sitting Pretty Home Decor. I think everyone knows Sarah and she likely doesn't need any introduction, but let's do one anyway. Sarah is a serious furniture refinisher turning out stunning pieces. We love her stories because she seems to always have a smile on her face and the bonus is she features her family in the process of refinishing so we feel like we get to know them as well sarah has won multiple awards and as you will recall was the winner of the best multicolored piece category in our 2019 zebra golden brush awards welcome sarah thanks so much for having me lane Our question from Sarah with Pop Salvage has a few elements to it that I think would be valuable to discuss with you, Sarah. The questions center around working with clients. Just to get a background from you first before answering her questions, what would you say your percentage of custom work is in relation to your total refinishing business? Anymore, it's probably 75 to 80% of it. Wow, that is really high. I wouldn't have imagined that uh, that you did that much commission work. That's great. Yeah, it's I try to I try to keep a good balance because most of my creativity is through the pieces I do on my own to sell, but I get so many requests and it's I, I have a hard time telling people no. <laughs> <laughs> Well, now you just moved from Kentucky to Indiana. Has it been difficult establishing a new customer base? Not really. The majority of my customers were in a particular part of Louisville, which was about 40 minutes on the other side of Louisville and Kentucky where we were. And we moved to Indiana and we're about 40 minutes from (laughs) the customer base in Kentucky. So we really we're kind of in the same, you know, position location-wise as we were just kind of on the other side. Okay, I see. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, now, do your clients seek you out or do you advertise? I don't advertise. Most of it's word of mouth. My my hairdresser and I were talking about furniture and she, she recommended you. Or my cousin's husband said that she, um, his friend 
knows that you do furniture. I mean, it's, it's amazing how it spreads. And I love finding out from people how they found a me it's it's pretty interesting well when a client contacts you do you meet with them or is most of the process handled via phone and internet almost all of it's over the internet there have only been a few occasions where someone's been very persistent about me coming and seeing their space because I do dabble a little bit in in home decor and design and I actually started to go to school for interior design um, a few years ago but I realized doing that with furniture and four children at the time was too much. But sometimes someone wants me to come see their, their space. is <laughs> <was> a lot. <laughs> um, I'm, an <laughs> I'm an overachiever. <laughs> but they'll want me to see their space and their colors and help them fine tune, you know. But for the most part, just for the sake of my own time, I try to keep it on the internet. Well, if you would, Sarah, tell us about the quoting process. Do you sit down and estimate your total time, figure paint costs, etc.? What does that look like when you go through the process of figuring prices? Well, I I do not I keep track of time at all and it's what works for me, but I honestly have no idea how long I spend on a piece. And I may do better one day figuring that out and calculating it and putting it <laughs> a price with, you know, an hour. But for me, I, the first thing I do is ask them to send me a, a picture of the piece and multiple pictures if possible. Um, and I always get measurements because I've gone to pick up a piece or had a piece brought to me and it's way bigger than I thought it was. So it's important to get measurements. Mm -hmm. And then I usually, if you're doing custom work, you've probably painted and sold enough furniture that you have an idea of what you would sell a piece like that for and I think that's a good starting point. I do add more for certain things. Um, stained tops, um, white. I always increase the price a little bit for white because white's more materials, it's harder to achieve. You know, distressing, glazing, lining the drawers. Are we doing new hardware? Are we keeping the old hardware? Get as many details as you can. And like I said, a good starting point is what you would sell that piece for, but you have to factor in the time that you're going to spend consulting with them. Um, so my custom prices are always a little bit more than what it would be if I were to sell it, you know, myself. Well, th that was going to be my next question is, do you leave room to negotiate with the client or is your price pretty fixed and you provide the price and they either say, yes, let's move forward or uh, that's more than I expected to pay. And that maybe ends the process of them hiring you to do a piece. If they say that's more than I was willing to spend, I will say, well, what were you thinking? And then I can try to work with them on, you know, well, if we keep the hardware instead of new, or if we don't do any distressing, I try to sort of keep my price firm and maybe take off mm -hmm. some things that they were wanting to fit, you know, in the price range that they want to be in. Well, do you require payment up front or full amount or just a deposit? How does that work? I do 50%. So, and the other thing I always ask, we offer pickup and delivery. So I always find out where they're located so I can plug it into my GPS, find out how far away it is. That way I can factor that into the quote. So if we go pick it up or if they bring it to us, um, either way I require 50% down at that time and then the remainder when it's in their possession. Well, what about time? Do most clients provide you with a deadline or are you pretty set on controlling the turnaround time on your end? In the years I've been doing this, I've had one 
customer who needed something done by a certain time and it was for I, I take that back it was there was two and they were both for babies um one was a grandmother and it was going to be a shower gift and then another one was for a nursery um but otherwise yeah. i i usually set the time and and people are always say oh no rush you know whenever you get to it um but you know i try to keep <laughs> a, a quick turnaround because it's exciting for them do clients ask for updates on the process or is it open and shut? Meaning once you start, they don't see it until the end. I have to be careful. Sometimes I feel like I'm obnoxious because I'm constantly sending like every day. I'm like, look, I sanded it. Look, I cleaned it. But I think <laughs> I really think they like it. And I always ask them, I always tell them too, that they can follow me on Instagram because I, I, I do so many stories. And I think they really do like seeing the process from beginning to end. Not only you know, watching the transformation, but seeing that I'm thorough and I'm doing more than just painting it. Well, with your experience now, which is quite a bit based on your percentage of commission work, what tips would you give someone who is considering commission work? I think the biggest thing I would tell anybody is to be choosy. Don't take every single thing that comes your way. Um, it's easy to do that in the beginning because you're just so excited that someone wants you to paint their piece, but make sure that it's not going to take all of the fun out of it for you. If it's a piece that doesn't really get you excited um, or something you're interested in doing, if you if you keep doing those back to back, you will burn out very quickly. That's excellent advice. Well, you know, I've heard, and you mentioned this too earlier, but, uh, you know, the idea that you don't have the kind of creative flow and creative abilities when you're doing a commission piece a lot of times, but you still need to be creative. So is there any tips on maintaining your creative flow when you're working on commission pieces? It's hard. I mean, if there's, there's certain aspects of it that you enjoy more than others, um, like new hardware or lining drawers, you know, by offering that to your customer, I'm doing two pieces right now for someone and I'm doing drawer liners in them. And I don't get a lot of that with my custom work. And so I'm really, really excited about these pieces because I get to line the drawers with fun, pretty papers that I get to pick out. So if you can f find um, creative things to offer your customer that you enjoy doing it, you know, it helps helps keep it fun. Well, that makes sense. And that's that's actually a really good tip. You know, I guess it's different from, di from customer to customer. Some people probably have exactly what they want and they don't want to deviate from it. At least you're, you're able to kind of keep the creative juices flowing by throwing out ideas to them as you go through the process. And I don't know, I, th I would think, like you said earlier, giving them updates out there for them to follow you on your Instagram account is a great idea as well, because that shows number one, that the, their piece is being worked on. And number two, it's fun for them as well to see the process because I don't think people who aren't heavily involved in furniture refinishing realize the amount of work that goes into each piece. Uh, we've talked about this often, you know, all the different stages that are involved. So those are really good tips. You know, are there some commission pieces that you have refused to do specifically? Yes. If there's a large amount of restaining, um, I just don't like doing that. Um, it's so tedious. It's so, I enjoy painting. If it's really more than like a stained top, um, I say no to that. Dining sets anymore, 
those just they they suck all the fun out of it for me (laughs) i just um like (laughs) nope but it's nice when you have a community locally where you have other refinishers because you can say hey i have this this friend um that will do be more than happy to do your dining set but yeah things that just aren't super fun for me um or just more work than they're gonna be worth the cost to the customer i tend to just say no. Well, I know this has been really helpful for many refinishers who are interested in doing commission work, but just aren't sure the best way to go about the process. Well, we want to thank Sarah with Pop Salvage again for the questions. We trust these answers have provided you guidance in the days to come, Sarah, as you work with clients. And and please let us know how it goes. If you want to follow Sarah on Instagram, her account is Pop Salvage. That's P-O-P-S-A-L-V-A-G-E. Sarah, provide your contact info for those that would like to reach out to you. They may have some more questions along these lines that they would like to ask you. Yes, and I am an open book, so I love any and all questions. Um, I am on Facebook and Instagram under Sitting Pretty Home Decor. Well, thanks, Sarah, for taking the time to join us today. Your expertise on the subject was very much appreciated. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. One of the characteristics of refinishers that we have learned over the last few years is your degree of resilience is quite high, and most of you are definitely multitaskers. You have multiple things going on at once, from taking care of your kids to managing your business and to staying on top of the creative curve so that what you produce is in demand and tackling all the different stages involved in the furniture refinishing process. Several of you who sell furniture locally are exploring the option of broadening your customer base by selling nationally. But you have some questions. Where do I go for shipping? How do I start the process? Basically, what are the steps involved? Last year in Season 1, Episode 6, we interviewed Natalie Dayton with a ray of sunlight on the topic of shipping. She's an experienced refinisher who sells and ships her pieces successfully around the country. She created an ebook and video tutorials on shipping. And we are excited to learn that she just updated her ebook and recorded 13 videos to go with it. We plan on having her on soon to discuss her latest book and video, but because this topic is especially top of mind right now, we wanted to highlight portions of that interview from last year. Before we get to the interview, however, we just want to say that we understand that right now, during this pandemic, things change daily, even with shipping companies. But we all know that this too shall pass, and when it does, We just want to make sure we are sharing information that is pertinent to the longevity of your business. We also know that the decision to ship has to be made in conjunction with what is best for you and your businesses, because shipping isn't for everyone. Okay, enough of me. Let's get to the interview. Well, we've had several listeners indicate that that they would like to learn more about shipping their furniture pieces. Shipping furniture can be intimidating. And, you know, you have written an excellent shipping tutorial, 23-page guide, as, as well as for a reasonable price, you can get the guide along with a video tutorial. You know, Natalie, let me ask you, what compelled you to offer shipping and why you chose to create the tutorial? I had my prices lower than I really wanted. And I ended up finding um, inspiration, basically, to raise my prices. And so I raised my prices. And when I did that, my mom was saying, you know, you really should look into shipping and selling on Etsy. And I was like, Mom, shipping furniture across the country? Are you kidding me? That sounds so difficult. Mm -hmm. I don't even know where to begin. How would you weigh it? How would you... Even like who, 
would ship it. I don't want to ship it with somebody that isn't going to take care of the piece of furniture and then it gets there and, you know, the customer has a broken piece of furniture and that just sounds like a headache. And she's like, okay, well, you should look into it. (laughs) And I raised my prices after a little bit. People started buying and then things just took off. And so I didn't really need to look into shipping because... I was doing just fine in that Mm -hmm. area in Tucson. Then um, my husband graduated from college and he got a job offer in Minnesota. And I was like, okay, cool. We're going to go to Minnesota. So at that point, I just dove into, okay, how am I going to do this? I read every possible thing that I could. I spent hours and hours and hours trying to figure it out. Anyways, I finally got the guts to do it, put all of my knowledge into action. Since then, I have, I think I counted that I've shipped over 50 pieces of furniture from here. I've had some local sales, but most of my pieces have been shipped across the country. And so I was working with some people that, you know, some other refinishers, that are in Minnesota, but they're down in the cities in Minneapolis and St. Paul, they kept asking me, okay, I really don't understand this shipping thing. Can you teach us? We would love to ship because the prices that you're getting for your furniture is amazing. We want those prices. Anyways, one of them was like, I will even pay you to teach me how to do that. I think (laughs) that we really need to learn from you. You have a lot to teach us. And so They basically pushed me to come out with this video and this guide Mm -hmm. to show people how to ship. So I did it as a live class with them. Since then, I have offered that video and the guide on my Etsy shop and on my own website. So many people have bought it and so many people have learned how to ship. And in that guide, I really, I go through the basics like, okay, this is what you need. You know, honestly, I have had a few pieces of furniture arrive to a customer damaged. And so there are certain people, certain companies that I will not ship through anymore. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, it's not worth it to me. Because even when I think that insurance will cover me, it didn't. And so I was like, well, oh, I'm not using you anymore. Then, you know, I take people through, okay, then what did I do when that piece of furniture arrived damaged to my customer? How did I make it right so that both me and the customer were satisfied at the end of, you know, fixing the problem, basically? You know, it's good to let people know how to do something, um, walk them through how you do things. And then once you do, I feel like there's a light bulb moment of, okay, you know, it's not as hard as I thought. Oh, okay. So you trust these shippers to ship your pieces. You have shipped 50 pieces and, you know, two of them have been damaged. Okay. So you don't use these people anymore. You use these people. And I have contacts that ship clear across the country. So no matter where you're at, you can use these contacts to ship your furniture. 
Yeah, and you've done a good job of listing those out for folks who get that guide and, and the YouTube. You know, I really I see why it can be so overwhelming for many people because, you know, it's such a broad thing when you think about it. There are a lot of considerations that go into selling your furniture to those outside your community. But it's amazing because you broaden your customer base immensely. But, you know, you think about the different challenges, I mean, from pricing you know, the question maybe, can I charge enough for my piece to make it worth it financially? And then time, is it a hassle to ship furniture potentially across the country? But you do, um, your your information goes into a lot of detail. It's certainly evident that you put a lot of work and effort into putting those pieces together, uh, those uh, the guide and the, the YouTube. But also it's it sounds like it's a lot of uh, from your own experience. So what would you say to encourage folks to consider shipping their pieces? I would probably say that I would not be able to continue to paint without shipping. Mm. There's no way that my family could afford to continue to do this without me shipping. My prices have, you know, if you're a customer, I'm sorry, but my prices have gone way up because I know that people are out there that will pay for it. And I have now four and a half years of experience under my belt that I would like to be paid for. You know, it's a lot of work and I have made a lot of mistakes. I have learned from my mistakes. You know, it's all worth something. And without shipping furniture, I honestly, I could not be here right now. I could not be supporting my family like I do. I would probably either have to figure out something else to do from home or my kids would have to be going to daycare while I go and get a job outside of the house to be able to support my family. Any thoughts on shipping internationally? Have you shipped to Canada or do you know folks that have shipped from Canada to the United States? Is that is that virtually impossible from a financial standpoint or what do you think on that? I don't think it's impossible. I personally have not had the chance to do it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, that, uh, that Magnolia Pier Chateau Interiors piece, if it hadn't sold so fast, I would have actually had a customer who would have asked me to ship up to Canada. Um, but unfortunately it sold and so I haven't had that chance, but I have heard of other people shipping internationally and they've been successful at it. It doesn't happen very often to my knowledge. Mm-hmm. Anyways, the cost is obviously a lot more to do it internationally. But like you were just saying, there's art in it. And mm-hmm. these pieces are one of a kind that you just you can't just get anywhere. You know, so people who have the resources, people who have the desire and people who have money, they, they will pay for art in their home. If they want it, then they will pay for it. So it's not a matter of it being impossible. It's just a matter of figuring out the logistics to do it and having a client that will can afford it. It is definitely more logistical to ship within the United States. And it's really not as expensive as people think. And there are definitely definitely people out there willing to pay for it. Because if you think about it, there are people in parts of the country where if they were to buy locally, their prices would be way more 
than if they were to buy somewhere else that charges less and to pay for shipping. From the standpoint of owning one of these pieces, it's it's a really neat thing to be able to pass it down to uh, to your family, you know, through generations as well. Well, as most things, you know, information is critical. And once you have the right information, what seemed impossible becomes achievable. So we certainly okay. trust that this information on shipping will, will really encourage folks to explore that and and really to reach out to you. Um, you know, I'm sure listeners will want to check out your shipping tutorial. Plus, I want to add, and you've mentioned this as well, that you offer a lot of how-tos on the aspects of furniture finishing. Natalie, tell us your website and your Instagram account. Okay, my website is arrayofsunlight.com. Um, so you can find, you can purchase furniture from there, or you could find, you know, my blog with a ton of different blog posts. And then my Instagram account is at arrayofsunlightdesign. On Instagram, I had to throw in the design at the end because a ray of sunlight was taken. So everything else is a ray of sunlight. Instagram is a ray of sunlight design. Well, we hope you enjoyed these clips from our interview last year. Again, stay tuned in the coming weeks as we will pick this conversation back up with Natalie as she introduces her new ebook and video tutorials. There are two contests that are still underway that you can still enter. Our monthly contest, The Zebra Review, is calling for all furniture pieces created as of January 1st, 2020 that are painted in yellows and or greens. Make sure you tag your pieces, hashtag The Zebra Review. You have until March 31st to enter. Our quarterly contest, Zebra Collective, is calling for all pieces that have a spring feel, and that is up to your interpretation of spring colors, transfers, or exposed wood. Tag your pieces, hashtag Zebra Collective. You have until April 23rd to enter. We just posted our first weekly kids craft this week with Fallon Yates of Market House Restorations. It was a really cool craft utilizing those items that you likely have plenty of in your home. Yes, toilet paper rolls, painting cute little bunnies. Go check it out on our Instagram account, Zebra Painting, and stay tuned for next week's craft, which will also be posted on our account, Zebra Painting. With small businesses getting hit hard during the pandemic, we wanted to come up with something that would show our support for them. For the next four weeks, we are hosting four giveaways that will allow you to participate each week with a different question that we will ask of you. All you have to do is answer our question by sharing on your Instagram account. Each Wednesday, we will choose a winner by random drawing, and the winner in turn will tell us which local business they would like to receive a $50 gift card from. We will contact the business and handle the process for you. All the details are posted on both our Instagram account, Zebra Painting and Zebra Home Painting. As we mentioned last week, please know that we are praying for you. May God bless you and your family. Stay safe and stay healthy. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Zebra Vlogs Before and After Furniture Finishing Podcast. Today's episode is also featured on the zebrablog.com along with contact information for today's guest. Your comments and suggestions for future episodes are always welcome, and we encourage you to share those by clicking on the podcast slide in our header at thezebrablog.com. That's zebra with an i blog.com. Thanks for listening and happy refinishing. <laughs>